So here's the big question. How are entrepreneurs like us, who have been hustling and struggling to make it to success, who seem to make it one step forward, only to fall two steps back, who are dedicated, determined, and driven, how do we finally break through and win? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Kelly, and this is the Mind Body Business Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mind Body Business Show. We have yet another fantastic episode lined up for you. My friend and buddy, Mike Mahoney, is in the house. Well, the virtual house. He is in the green room. He is scratching at the glass saying, Brian, let me in. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. And I will let him in very, very soon. Before we do that, real quick, the Mind Body Business Show is a show that I had put together with you in mind. Who are you? Well, the entrepreneur, the business person that's looking for that next strategy, that next tip, that next idea that can and will catapult your business. And so I bring on guests like Mike Mahoney, who are exceedingly very uh, successful at what they do. And I bring them on to ask them the hard questions about what has gotten them to this level of success that they are at now. And in so doing, so many people like yourselves who are watching and listening get those golden nuggets that they can then implement into their own business going forward. In fact, I'm the host of the show and I implement many, I'm, I kid you not, many of the ideas, strategies, and information that I get on the show from the guests who appear. So you're in a good spot. And so the Mind Body Business Show is about what I call the three pillars of success. And it came from studying over about a period of 10 years or so. I, I focused and concentrated solely on successful people, what made them tick. And I found that these three factors kept bubbling to the top and then ultimately became part of the name of this very show. Mind from the Mind Body Business Show, it stands for mindset. Now, each of these individuals who I studied to a person had developed and honed a very positive, very powerful, and here's the most important aspect of it, which might shock you, and flexible mindset and body. Body is quite simple. It's literally to a person, these individuals, they took care of themselves physically uh, through exercise and nutritionally by what they in, in took into their body either food or liquid or actually both. And then business. Business is multi-multifaceted. And what I found that these individuals had mastered there were various skill sets that one must master to achieve in a, a thriving, successful, scaling and growing business. And by skill sets, what do I mean? I mean skill sets like marketing, sales, team building, systematizing, leadership. I could keep going for quite some time. And you might be thinking by now, well, Brian, you just said we have to master each of those skill sets. And I hope you did hear that. Yeah. And that means that's going to take quite a, while, a long time if you had to master every single one of them on your own. Now, the key is, is to leverage always. It's always about leverage. And all you really need to do is focus on just one of the of those skill sets. And in fact, it's one of those that I rattled off just a moment ago. If you just focused on the skill set of leadership, of honing and becoming a better leader, then all of the other skill sets can then be leveraged. You can bring in others who have mastered or in the deep in the process of mastering those skill sets. 
and thereby you don't have to spend the personal time doing it yourself. And of course you want to, you want to master as much as you possibly can, but you just want to do it in a, in a very short period of time. But that's a, that's a great godsend to know that if you just master one, you can focus on it. Even if you don't have a team, uh, just consider leading yourself as if you were one of your team and developing that culture that you know that people will thrive in. There's many books on leadership. I'm not going to go down that um, avenue just right here, right now. And there are many, many books on that. And so uh, definitely, uh, in fact, speaking of books, we're going to be talking about that right about now. And that is because to a person, in addition to all these wonderful attributes, mind, body, and business, they are also, these successful people are also very avid readers of books. And so with that, I want to segue very briefly into a segment I affectionately call Bookmarks. Bookmarks. Born to read. Bookmarks. Ready. Steady. Read. Bookmarks. Brought to you by ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. Yes, there you see it. ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. And a real quick word of advice before we move on. And yes, Mike Mahoney is coming on right after this segment. And that is, please, as you are watching and listening, especially when Mike comes on, you're going to be hearing about resources. It could be websites, it could be books, it could be all kinds of different things. It happens every single show. And instead of succumbing to that itch or that urge to go off and click away and investigate these resources while the show is going on, while you're listening, while you're watching, instead, I implore upon you to please write it down and then visit it after the show is over. Now, why do I say that? I say this because of experience of speaking on stage. In the beginning of my speaking career, uh, I would notice when I'm getting to a very important part, it's my presentation, I know what I'm talking about, I know where the juicy parts are. Sometimes I would see someone get up and leave the room. They had to take care of that all important text or go to the restroom or whatever the case may be. And I started realizing, uh-oh, I better let people know ahead of time that here's the deal, the magic happens in the room. And the same holds true here, even in a virtual space. The magic in the room means focus on Mike Mahoney and what he's saying during the show. I would hate for you to take your focus away. And Mike mentioned that one golden nugget that could literally catapult your business to the next level. I would hate for that to happen for you. So if you wouldn't mind, I, it's just advice. I'm going to be taking notes myself. I, I'm running the entire show. Uh, I'm asking the questions. I am switching the scenes. I'm doing everything and I'm still writing notes. So I implore upon you to do the same and then visit everything after the fact. So you can start practicing right now, write down reachyourpeaklibrary.com. It is a website that I had my team develop and put together again with you in mind. And I'm not kidding. Uh, why I did this is because I myself did not begin reading voraciously until about 12 years ago. That was about the age of 47. I'll pause there. I'll let you all do the math. Now you know where I'm at. And that's cool. And so uh, I put this together because what this is, is a collection of the books I have personally read. Uh, I, I ingest all of my materials now through Audible. That's what really became a godsend for me because I didn't realize I didn't like reading written words. It would really fatigue my eyes and I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, listening. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I could speed it up and all that. And so I've gone through many books. Not every book I've ever read is in this list because I've personally vet these books. The ones you see here are ones that had a profound effect on me, either in my business life or my personal life, or even both sometimes. So 
Uh, they're in here in no rhyme, no reason. There's no alphabetizing, nothing, uh, not even by subject. Uh, you'll see a bunch of Grant Cardone books all clumped together. That's because I read them all about the same time. I was just eating those up. Those were awesome. And so this, this site is not here to, you know, for the purpose of making money. If you find a book on this list that you that really jumps out at you, you look at the cover, you read the title, you read the words about what it's about, you want to get it, get it wherever you enjoy uh, getting and consuming your books. Like if it's Barnes and Noble, if it's a brick and mortar, uh, if it's somewhere, if you want to go directly to Amazon online, uh, all these buttons go to Amazon directly, and you can get whatever flavor of book you want, whether it's hard copy, ebook, Audible, if they're available, uh, you just click the button and you'll see that. So that is it. Uh, reading is extremely important. And I didn't realize that until later in life, how incredibly important it was. And I'm so happy I did. And speaking of being happy about doing things, one thing I'm really excited about and happy for is that there's a guy named Mike Mahoney who agreed to be on this show. And I cannot wait to bring him on. So let's do that right now, shall we? Here we go. It's time for the Guest Expert Spotlight. Savvy, skillful, professional, adept, trained, big league, qualified. And there he is, ladies and gentlemen. It is the one, it is the only, Mike Mahoney. Welcome to the show, Mike. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing real good. Nice to see you. Yes, it's been a while. I mean, not a horrible yeah. long while, but we do talk now and then. You know, it was... I was, it just occurred to me right before we went on live. I don't even remember how we met. Do you? No, I don't. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And honestly, it doesn't matter. But the cool thing is we did meet. And I've enjoyed uh, talking with you, getting to know you. I mean, you're a, you're a technology expert. I love the fact that you have that tech background because we can talk geek and, and you actually understand yep. me. And it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's like Trekkie's yeah. talking Klingon, Klingon or something. I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> you know, right. So it's, it's nice to uh, to be here with you. Thank you for coming on, spending your time, gracing our stage. And we're going to have a lot of fun. And before we jump in, I'm going to ask you some great questions. Because, they're great questions only because your answers will be great, not because of the questions. Uh, do you mind if I give you a professionally sounding introduction that you so richly deserve? Would that be all right? Go for it. Go all for right. it. Thank you. Mike Mahoney is not just a seasoned technologist with over 35 years in the field, but also a dynamic entrepreneur. Alongside his wife, Victoria, he proudly owns and operates not one, not two, six thriving businesses. His vast experience spans two decades as a chief technology officer for various esteemed companies where he harnessed technology to drive innovation and growth. Oh, this is right down my alley. When he's not immersed in the tech world or overseeing his businesses, Mike can be found deeply engrossed in a book, huh? sharpening his strategic mind over a game of chess, ooh, even better, and spending quality time with his beloved animals. A passionate animal lover, Mike has a particular soft spot for dogs whose loyalty and spirit resonate with his own approach to business and life. With a blend of, of tech expertise, entrepreneurial spirit, and a heart full of compassion, Mike continues to inspire and lead in both the tech realm and beyond. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, the one, the only, Mike Mahoney. Welcome to the show. Oh, so awesome to have you That's here. That's an amazing intro. 
<laughs> yes, it was written very well. I wonder who did that. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, Mike, uh, my God, six companies. I mean, some people, a lot, most people can't even build one that is that reaches what they would call a success, a level of success that's self-sustaining. So kudos. Uh, that's that's pretty a uh, huge accomplishment. And it's very important that people heard that in the beginning, that they know that you have the chops, you and your wife, that you aren't just someone kicking the tires. You're not just faking it till you make it, you made it and you have made it and you're continuing to make it and grow. And I'm curious, you know, the life of an entrepreneur is not anything similar to the life of say a corporate employee, because the whole job of an entrepreneur is to solve problems, to solve issues, which are always there every single day, sometimes way too many. Uh, and for you, I'm curious, this, this always makes me curious. I love asking this question to open the show. And that is when you get up in the morning, and you know, you, you probably have a list of things that you're ready to do. And some of them you're like, ugh, these are arduous. I don't want to take care of those. When you get up in the morning, you see those ahead of you. What keeps you driven? What keeps you going forward? What keeps you motivated? What is going on in your big, beautiful brain as you wake up and uh, enter into a new day? Well, I have four kids and um, I've always preached working hard to them. And so I just want to be an example and you know show them that you can if you put your mind to something you can do it and you know business is no different i mean we you mentioned that we have six businesses and um you know they obviously all started one at a time but we've always treated them like they're a bigger business so like i come from a, a corporate background as a as a cto for two decades and so just the way we handled you know kpis and stuff like that in in corporate world we immediately applied that to small business and um, it, it makes like a, a re reproducible way to start another business and another business and another business. And then of course, you know, um, you know, you're the automation expert, um, without automation, we wouldn't be able to run six businesses. It's just not even possible. Um, so yeah, just wake up in the morning and just, you know, want to be that example to my kids and show them that, uh, hard work does pay off and being consistent, you know, getting up day after day and doing that same thing. Eventually you hit it. You know, and you, you hit on the right thing and um, the rest's easy after that, really. And you just keep it going. I love it. And But getting there, was that easy? Um, no, I mean, there's like anybody else, there's been failures along the way. Um, even like one of the things that inspired us is, you know, I'm, I'm on my second marriage. And uh, when we first got married, um, she couldn't work. She came from Canada, so she could not work. And so what we what we did was we started a technology business, which is still there today. It's called the, your virtual CTO. And she just managed the clients for me. And so, you know, I couldn't pay her anything. But I mean, what does it matter? Um, all money <laughs> in the same place. Um, but it was great. I mean, we did that. And then once she was able to work, she started a virtual assistant agency and, you know, just grew from there. Um, but there's been failures along the way, you know, things where we you know, stumble a little bit. Um, we we had a we have a podcast network that we run that was a disaster at first. It was really hard to get people to sign up to be on the network, uh, pay us for it, et cetera. It was just really difficult. And you just learn from those mistakes. I think I, I always think of that that saying that you hear, you know, that the road to success is paved with failures. And it's true. I mean, you you learn from the mistakes that you make. You pick yourself up and you brush yourself off and you move right on to the next thing. Yeah, I've heard a uh, saying like, you know learn to fail fast because the faster you get through the failures, the quicker you're going to learn how not to do things and get to that point of success. And yeah. that's, a, I think that's one of the main driving forces that keep 
most people from actually com uh, completing their journey as an entrepreneur that give up because their ego tells them I'm a failure. Well, I'm not doing that anymore. That felt crappy. Well, no, you need to do it again and again and again and again and again <laughs> and keep going. And yeah, it takes, uh, a, it does take thick skin and not everyone's born with it. And that too can be developed. I know I wasn't born with it and I had to develop that, get rid of my ego as much as possible. That was tough. And it still is come sometimes on days I'll notice, Oh, my ego, I, I, I hear you get off, get off my show, get out of here. <laughs> and I love uh, how you opened up with that. Your kids are what drive you. And that's a form of accountability, isn't it? You yes. know, you're thinking of they're watching me. I better be a good example to them because who am I to tell them to work hard if I myself don't. And that's beautiful. Uh, another form of accountability I've heard others say as well are hiring coaches and similar, but the, I think the key to all of it is accountability. That really helps keep us in line going forward. Uh, I thought that was very powerful. And then I love how you took something you learned and acquired from your corporate life and applied it directly to your entrepreneurial life. I've done the same thing. It's like, you know, a lot of people go Ugh, corporate and yeah, there's a lot of Ugh, to it for sure. There are also sure. a lot of things. There's a reason these corporations are up and thriving. It's because they have implemented some things that are phenomenal for their business to survive. And yeah, when you take away the best pieces and implement them in your own business, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. There's everything right with doing that because you're taking a proven concept strategy or approach and implementing it and, and helping your company do the same. Um, so that's phenomenal. I love everything you said because you weren't trashing corporate. You just said, huh, I used what I learned from there and I started doing this and you were a CTO. I'm like, my God, that's awesome for a couple decades. Um, podcast network and the learning you've had. Yeah. And that's the issue. Uh, a lot of people, it's, it's not always, it's never easy in the very, very beginning. And, uh, you have to have thick skin. You have to have that stick to itiveness. That's why I wanted to find out what kept you rolling. And yeah, kids will do that. Your own kids will definitely be yeah. a great, uh, motivator. Uh, that was a great, great, um, that's you're the first person that's ever answered that question that way. That's what I love about this show. So many great, great people and great. <laughs> yeah. Answers well, you know, yours people always ask what your why is. And I mean, that's yes. the easiest why possible is my children, you know, and I want, I want them to be as motivated to do well in life um, as I am. And um, one, there's one a couple ways you can do that. You, know, you can twist their arm, you can nag at them all the time, or you can be an example. And I think being an example is the best way because it gives them their own free will to do what they need to do their way that fits for them. But they're looking at that example going, yeah, I, I, if he can do that, I can do that. I mean, let's think about it. You know, they're obviously genetically related to me. So if it's not like they can say, oh, I'm not smart enough or I'm not agile enough for this or that, you can do it. You can do it. You just have to put your mind to it. And I always say, you know, to me, a big thing is consistency. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, like people giving up. And I think that's the truth. I think you ha just have to be consistent. You started something keep banging away until you, until you break through and it will happen if you, if you're consistent with, with your efforts. Yeah. And then uh, I'm curious what your thought is on this is like, you know, keep banging away, but for how long, when do you know enough is enough? When do you say, I can't do this anymore. I, I just, I should, it's not going to happen. I need to move on. I mean, what did, how many times did Edison fail in his uh, invention, right? It was ungodly number of times and he just kept going. But what is your 
uh, personal philosophy on that. How long do you keep at a certain idea before you realize or say to yourself, that's it. I'm just going to go do something different. That that one's not going to take off. That's a great question. I mean, it, it comes down to a lot of different things. I think part of it is experience. Um, just knowing that, you know, we've tried this, we've tried that, we've tried the other thing. It's not working. It's time to move on from this. Um, but the key there is trying those things. And you you look at a situation and like we had a situation a while back where we had a um, a membership site that we were running and eh, it was pretty weak it didn't it didn't go very well um messaging was poor um there was you know we had we created some confusion with the name um things that we didn't think of when we were when we were building the business and over time i'm watching this thing and i'm saying you know we're putting in all this money and all this effort trying to make this thing a success and it's just not going to ever be a success so after all after maybe you know two three months of trying uh, we sat down, we had a, a heart to heart, you know, like a come to Jesus moment. And we said, you know what, I need to shut this thing down. It's not worth the effort. And um, interestingly, what the way I know that it's the right thing to do is it's like a weight lifted off your shoulder. You don't, you know, when you, I feel like if you end something too soon, there's regret. Mm. There was no regret with that. It was just like, okay, thank God that's gone. Um, but, you know, I mean, we're gluttons for punishment. At the beginning of the year, we're, we're kind of relaunching that in a completely different package uh, you know, with things we've learned over the past two years. And I think, you know, give it one more shot. I don't think we'll let it run as long this time if it's not working, but we'll give it a try, you know, and that, that's the thing is one, one more time after one more time. And that's how I end up with six businesses is you try something and then it either works or it doesn't work. So, you know, if it works great, you keep it going. That's fantastic. And yeah, I, I remember I, I started a, a fitness business um, and ran it for several years. And that moment came to me from other people telling me that, you know, whenever you talk about fitness, I don't hear the passion. But every time you talk about automation in some way, shape or form, you light up. I was like, wow. And I had three different people tell me in three different, complete different times during a two month span. And I finally said, they're right. I literally shut the entire thing. I had a website. I had recorded videos. I did live workouts. I had a lot into it. I shut it down that in that one day, gone. The website deleted it, and I felt liberated. And I knew it was the right decision. So I, I get what you're saying. It's and and yeah, it took a while. I I was passionate about fitness, just not as passionate as I was about automation and am. Oh my god, I love that stuff. It is, it just moves me. I love it. I love it. It is so fun. And so it, what do you think about that? Um, how important is it for one to enjoy what they're doing to turn it into a business or to, or to go seek out starting a business? How important is it to enjoy what entail, you know, what that business uh, entails in building, growing uh, and uh, developing? Is it important at all to you to, to be happy or passionate with what you're doing? every day in the business or does it matter to you? I mean, at this point, I don't think it's possible to be passionate about it every day. I have days I wake up and I'm just like, oh gosh, I have to deal with that today. I'm not <laughs> in the mood today for that. Um, but you do it. Um, but as far as starting the business, yeah, you have to be passionate about it because you're going to put in massive time and massive effort and nobody will, I don't, I honestly don't think um, that you would uh, do it uh, if you weren't passionate about it, you just give up right away. I mean, why bother? Um, but yeah, I think over time though, like 
I'd be honest. I mean, I have six businesses going and there are days where I see on my calendar that there's a meeting about one of them. And I'm thinking to myself, not in the mood to deal with that today, but you just, you know, do it. Um, so passion is really, really important. I think having, you know, I've heard, I actually heard, had this conversation with somebody about three weeks ago who had bought a, a franchise. I don't even know what they bought. And they, and I said, I never knew you were even into that. And they said, I'm not. So how's that going for you? I hate it. Well, yeah, not a good idea. Now they have this big investment and <laughs> they have a business they have to run that they despise. But see, they thought that they could just hire people and have those people run the business. But I kept thinking to myself, you, you didn't realize that you were going to have to like peek in there once in a while and see what was going on and making sure your money's okay and everything's going what you want. It, it's just funny how people don't see that. But I think passion is it may not be the number one thing that you have to have, but you, you've got to have it and be able to maintain it. Yeah, totally agree. Because, you know, when, like you said, when you get up in the morning, those not every day is perfect and they're far from, uh, but there are the fun moments too. And that's the reason you started the business to begin with typically. Uh, and those are the times to look forward to. And then as possible, outsource the tasks that are arduous and no fun and you're not good at like bookkeeping would be mine. And, uh, organizational skills. That's another one of mine. And, <laughs> and you know, manual out, uh, outreach to others on social media. I was like, I don't want to spend my time doing that. So I have a team doing that. And, you know, you pick and choose, but there are things you definitely need to be checking in on yourself personally. Like you said, uh, like going, doing certain meetings, talking to certain individuals, growing the business uh, still needs to be there. And if the passion's there, it can continue to thrive. If it's not good luck, like you said, great example with the franchisee owner like whew. as soon as you said that i was like oh man that can you imagine tough. investing can you imagine investing like 200 300 into something that you hate <laughs> uh, i felt really bad i felt really bad hearing that yeah it's like you, you kind of you feel bad for them and you cringe and like um well i know somebody that's like in the coaching industry that may have been able to help them before they made that decision uh it's somebody named I think Mike Mahoney. Uh, yeah. And on that note, this is a perfect time to segue into your, you have six businesses. Um, I think we're concentrating on top tier coaching services today. Yeah, that's uh, my main focus show. at the moment. Yep. Yeah. And what I'd love to do is, um, is kind of ask you what that's all about. Like, who's your target market? Who are you coaching? Um, what are the actual coaching services provided? Uh, as much detail as you feel like giving. And then what I, my favorite part always is if you have a success story or two you'd like to share, uh, I'm sure everyone else would love to hear it just as much as I would. So if you don't mind, I'd love to uh, have you take it away. I'll pull up your website and just let people gaze at that as you're explaining what it's all about. Sure, sure. Fantastic. So, Thank you so much. So I work with tech executives, um, anybody from a director level to a C-level tech executive uh, who has a has a team that they're managing and their business needs to be making about a half a million a year or more. Um, I help them with three pillars, basically hiring and retaining staff, mastering communication, because we all know tech people speak a different language and they confuse other people. And that's one of the things I work with them on and then cutting their work hours down to a more reasonable level. I mean, I have a, I actually have a crusade going right now against what I call crunch culture. And, um, at least twice a week on my LinkedIn, you'll see me ranting about crunch culture and why it needs to go away. Um, but I help them. I help them in various ways. I mean, uh, we we assess their 
their leadership style. We assess their staff and if they have any leaders in there. Um, but the main thing I teach them is just if you hire the right people, if you empower those people to do their job and you stay out of the way, um, that part becomes really easy and you suddenly start to see your hours reducing. I mean, I actually came up with the, my, my program is called the Decentralized A-Team and I came up with it myself when I was a CTO. I was working 105 hours a week, every Ouch. single week, uh, 15 hour days, every day. I, I had young kids that I wasn't seeing. I mean, and interestingly, I was listening to sports talk radio and they were talking about the Dodgers manager and how um, he should be fired, blah, 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 blah. And then one guy had little like words of wisdom and he said, no, you know, the manager, his job is to make sure the players are ready. But then the players have to do the job. The manager can't play the job, play the game for the players. And I thought, you know, maybe my players on my team aren't ready. Maybe I haven't made them ready. And so through an iterative process, I came up with this program that just works. Um, I cut my hours down to 45 within about three months and never looked back. Uh, life changed quite a bit, as you can imagine. I mean, 60 extra hours in your pocket every week uh, to do what you want. You know, for not, not for everybody, it's not always about working less. It's mostly about working smarter uh, in the end, and that's what we that's what we find out. I mean, I I actually helped a guy. His, his the biggest success story. He during the pandemic, he was part of a company that his dad was running, and uh, they they were running Mitsubishi dealerships throughout Asia, and he was they were having this huge issue where. Um, Projects were stalling and um, it was right at the tail end of the pandemic that we met. And in talking to them, it, it turned out that like their staff was feeling beat up. They, they were making them work all these long hours, but they weren't giving them bonuses or compensating them. Uh, it, was, it was a really bad situation. And so we worked together with the team to like empower them to do their jobs the way they wanted to do their jobs. And we focused, instead of focusing on like, did you work eight hours yesterday? We focused on, did you accomplish what you were supposed to accomplish? So we worked on, you know, making sure that their productivity was good, um, that they were actually following up and doing their job. And they turned that business around rather quickly uh, just from that. And this was just their tech team. Uh, I actually made it, I gave them some advice to go through and do the same thing with their administrative staff, like their accounting and, and operations staff. And they've done that. Um, but that guy, he turned that business around um, rapidly. And it's just, you know, I feel like if someone w is willing to listen, uh, I have a lot of things that I can that I can bring to the surface for them. I mean, I've been I've been uh, a CTO for two decades. I was a software developer for five or 10 years before that. And then I had a short stint as a paralegal. So, I mean, I've seen all different sides of of business and one of the things that I te try to teach my tech executives is I I'll get them to assess, like, how much do you really know, like, deeply know about your business that you're in? Most of them don't know much about it. And I teach them, make it a point to get to know what it is that your company's doing and why they're doing it. Don't just worry about your little world. Uh, because it, 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 by seeing that, like I mentioned earlier, I took a lot of things I learned from the corporate world to grow my business. And... I also used it in my department when I was a CTO. Just, it's just, a, I mean, a, 
a department within a corporation is just a microcosm of the bigger corporation. It's you know, it's like you're the CEO of your department, right? And you have to act that way. And you know, when you look at it, how many CEOs do everything? None of them, at least they shouldn't be. Uh, and that's unfortunately most middle managers, they're micromanagers. They they look over your shoulder and you know. What that was due, that's due in 10 minutes. Is it going to be done? Well, why don't you wait 10 minutes and find out and then, then complain, you know, <laughs> um, it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting situation, but the coaching business to me, we talked about passion before it's a huge passion of mine and it's why I've been focused on it for like the last 12 months. Um, just really heavily. I've always been doing, I've been doing coaching for gosh, about six, seven years now, but I've really focused on it in the last year. Uh, with content and videos going out and things of that nature. I have a, a show like this that I do that's wrapped around that that uh, technology arena. And it's just, you, you, you need that passion. And I'm so passionate about it because I like to help people change their lives. And one of the things like, they ask you for an elevator pitch. I can give you a real short elevator pitch. My job is to get tech executives um, a new lifestyle. That's really what my job is. And I love my job because of that. Mm. So much, so many words of wisdom um, through that whole example. I mean, I love how you say, you know, empower them and get out of the way, stay out of the way. Uh, and I've been through uh, situations myself where you get micromanaged and they, <laughs> they don't just tell you when to get something done, but also sometimes exactly how to do it. Like you're just a robot turning a crank and you have no say or creativity and i hated that and then um in fact i have a i i work with a va agency that just started demanding that their vas report on their time down to every task and how long they estimate the task will take at the beginning of the day every single task how long is each one going to take and then at the end report on how long it actually did take and i said no i hate that that's terrible they're thinking about time just like you said they're thinking about time, not the result, not the end goal. Now they're looking, they're thinking someone's looking on my shoulder. And if I don't put down the right thing, they're going to smack me around like virtually, of course. But it's like, you don't need that added pressure. You need less pressure, not more. And so I just, I was just, I, I rarely give instruction beyond just the bare bone minimum. I want to see how they create what I've asked them to create. I want to see their genius come out. I don't want to see it look like the way I would do it because I don't like the way it would come out. <laughs> and uh, I've learned that over the years. Sometimes I think I just want to come out the way I want to do it. And then I learned over the years after I gave it away to give it other people to do it. It's like, wow, they kicked butt. They did way better than I ever could. And yeah. that's the ego thing once again. So you're, you're, you're singing a great song here with no micromanaging, get out of the way, empower them, give them the ability to spread their wings and use their gifts now for and and it get, it makes them feel like they're not only just a part of the company but kind of they have this type of ownership in their one position right not financial ownership but an ownership of i get to to call the shots on how i'm going to get this done for mike today right it's just it's so yeah. empowering that's a great word empower you said that and that i was like i wrote that down see i am taking notes just like i implored of everyone to do <laughs> Look at you. Kidding. yes and uh, I'm getting writer's cramp with Mike Mahoney because this guy is amazing. And 
this is awesome. I'm learning more about you now, Mike, uh, than I knew before. Uh, and this is fantastic. Sure. I didn't know you had six businesses originally uh, and that you had all of this. Uh, I, I don't know if the right word is credo, but um, back background and um, knowledge and experience that is pretty remarkable. And I'm very pleased that you came on this show to help others to navigate these waters called entrepreneurship and business ownership yeah, and top tier coaching services real quick uh, before we um, go too far from it. For everyone listening on audio podcasts only, it is uh, the website is top tier coaching services.com top tier t i e r coaching services.com and what's the best entry point for them is it book a call i see that right on the very beginning of the of the page yeah yeah they can they can do that or they can email me at hello at top tier coaching services.com as well right on well that is fantastic and uh well good thank you for that and Thank you for what you're doing. I mean, you have a podcasting network. You've got a membership site coming back up again. I mean, it's like, this is awesome. And so, uh, and then we both use a certain tool that we both love uh, <laughs> that allows for a lot of this stuff yeah. to happen. You're not and wrong so, about that. It manages the business so well. <laughs> what is, what are your, you mentioned the importance of automation uh, there for a moment. When you say that for people who aren't, aren't savvy yet, what kind of things are you automating in your business that helps take the load off of you and even your staff uh, to do other things and, and work more efficiently? What do you use automation for specifically? Well, like, like for the podcast network, there's multiple shows that take guests. And so there's a guest application on the site and they'll apply for whichever show they want to be on. They fill out the information. When they submit it, it goes into my project management tool, which is ClickUp. And... Um, then I have a, you know, a, a stage that I can change it from a review to approved or declined. And depending on which one I choose, they get an email. They'll either get an email saying, here's the booking link. Go ahead and book. You've been approved. Or, hey, we're sorry. It wasn't a good fit. Um, honestly, we're really picky on some of these shows. So that's a lot of the case. But it takes care of it. You don't have to have that um, booking coordinator who takes care of all of it for you. It's just done. And then once, then they get their booking link and then they book into the show and um, it actually creates a task for me to kind of review their, their bio and whatever they've turned in or whoever the host of the show is to review their bio. And um, then of course they go into an automation that reminds them that the show appearance is coming up, sends them a text message a little bit before, sends them an email a little bit before. Um, it's really reduced no-shows to next to nothing. Um, then the other thing I do in there is we're kind of nice about it. You know, on some of our shows, well, I have a no show field and I just set it. If they don't show up, I set it to one and they're allowed to rebook. But if, it get, if they don't show again, the automation, when it sees that it'll just reject them instantly. I, they don't even, they don't even get accepted. I don't even have to, I don't have to do anything. And these are things that like people say to me, well, how much time did it really take you to send an email? Five minutes. Yeah, but take five minutes times hundreds of people. <laughs> the time starts to add up really, really fast. I mean, I, I can remember when I was a, a software developer, I did a lot of web pages and I'd say, you know, you got five clicks to get to this. Why can't we make it two? Why can't we make it one? Yeah. Uh, well, well, what? Why do people care? Well, it's only 10 seconds to click it. Yeah, try that a thousand times a day. Like, forget it. You're going to save these people hours if you do it the right way. And so, I mean, I, that's, that's just one of many 
um, automations that we use. I mean, I even have things in place where um, for my cold, I, I do for my coaching business, I cold outreach to, to CTOs. And when they respond, um, there's certain keywords I look for and then I'll send them an email back. You know, um, it's, it's a time saver in so many ways. And it's what enables me to not be working hundreds of hours a week. I mean, what kind of, what kind of business coach who helps people cut their hours would I be if I was working a hundred hours a week? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And that's, see, that's another important aspect. So when folks are looking for someone to help coach them, you are the kind of person they should be coming to because you don't just talk the talk, you're walking the walk uh, and you're cognizant of it. Just seeing it right now, a lot of people don't care. And they, yeah. you know, I remember, my gosh, I've, I've worked with so many people, some actually friends where part of their business was website design. And I'd go to their website. I'm like, good Lord, dude, was that yeah. built in the seventies? When did that come out? I mean, was the internet even up when this was designed? This was, it's like, you gotta be a product of the product. Uh, and, and you gotta, you know, carry that torch. Otherwise, uh, it's like a dog sensing fear. You can just tell. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, you have to. It's like we talked about earlier about you know what what motivates me to get up in the morning. I mean, you you have to you have to set forth the same what you're trying to teach people when they look at you. They have to see you doing that too. Is it you know if I told people. Like a big one, you know, for a long time, that morning formula, you know, was floating around for people and they make it all the standardized step. I, I kind of teach something like that, but I don't teach it exactly the way that they do. I teach it the way that I do it. And one of those things is like they tell you, oh, you should get up in the morning and the first thing you should do is exercise. Well, what if you're not a person who likes to exercise first thing in the morning? You got to do that where it fits, but you still have to do it. And that's the key. Like I've had clients ask me, how many workouts did you get in this week? <laughs> and you know, you could lie, but why would you lie? Just be honest. You know, this week was a tough week. I had four instead of seven. Um, that they they appreciate that because it also shows them, by the same token, that you're going to have weeks where you're not going to do quite as well at those things. And that I think is a really important factor to remember because you're never going to be perfect. It's just right. not going to happen. And and so if you slip a little bit, and maybe next week you. Like I'd be honest, like this week have not have not gone to the gym once because it's just been a busy, busy launch week for stuff starting the beginning of November. Am I? I used to beat myself up about that stuff, but now I realize that it's the consistent behavior that you develop that matters, not the fact that you took a week off here or there. Um, and as long as you get back to it, all is good. So yeah, that's yeah, and kicking ourselves for not being perfect also impacts our daily work like you know if you did continue to kick yourself then it would take even longer to achieve the task so you could go back yeah. to work out and feel better about not uh, missing it again and it's like yeah i think we are uh, oftentimes our own worst enemy and there are times uh i used to do this in the fitness uh in the fitness business I, it's very similar where i'd say okay uh give me 10 push-ups and they would do say four or five and then get up and their heads down and i go what are you doing well, i'm i'm upset why Oh, I didn't do all 10. It's like, and did you try to do everything you could to go another rep? Yes. Then instead of kicking yourself in the butt for the reps you did not do, yeah. reach around and pat yourself on the back for those that you did do and you put everything you had into it. It's not about reaching the perfection mark. It's about just keep persevering. Go again. 
I coached uh, youth sports that way with basketball and kids. They'd shoot a layup, but if they were jumping off the proper foot and had the proper technique that I coached them and they missed every single time, I would say, great job. You're going to get exactly. there. Don't worry about it. Not yell at them for failure because failure is, you know, it's it's defined by whoever is saying it's failure at that moment. It's like, it, that was success. You know, Junior, good job. Way to go. That was your a sport analogy. You'll get there. Your sports analogy is reminds me of when my youngest son is the only one of my kids who played baseball. I was a big baseball player when I was younger, played all through high school. And so I managed his team. And with him, I taught him the strike zone. That kid never struck out ever. And I just praise him. I mean, he could go up there and walk a hundred times or ground out. I didn't scream and yell at him about it. I was pat him on the back. And one day I had these two assistant coaches who were like the typical baseball dad, you know, <laughs> oh, you, you, why did you swing at that pitch? You know, that kind of stuff. And I heard one of them say to the other one, you know, we need to be more like Mike. He never has arguments with his kid. Um, they He constantly praises his kid. His kids, he comes out here. We could lose 20 to nothing. His kid's smiling because he knows he's not going to get chewed out by his dad later. And I think that's, I think that's really important to recognize people's, effort heading in the direction of the goal that they have um it's why you take baby steps right you don't you don't if you have 100 100 pounds to lose it's funny you've done personal training and so have i and i had a lady call me once in november say my birthday's in february and i'd like to lose 100 pounds <laughs> not gonna happen oh good that's <laughs> yeah, just not gonna happen you don't jump from point a to point b just boom it takes time you know yeah. and people People like that have never been encouraged for, oh, you lost five pounds last week? That's awesome. You know, instead it's you only lost five pounds. What could you have done better? Not a good attitude. And I, th I think that's the same in business. You know, you try an idea, it either works or doesn't work. Um, but there's also that part in between where it kind of worked. Praise yourself for that. You did good and, you, and you've gotten, I used to t have clients tell me they weren't getting results. And I'd say everybody gets results. You're either producing good ones or bad ones, but you're producing results. So, yeah, it's a key. Very true. Very true. Yeah, my gosh. Uh, you know, and here's the other thing is like, it, we're not saying that you just praise and, and it's all flower petals and swinging hammocks and an umbrella drink with your people <laughs> because there are times where discipline is necessary. But that only comes to me. Uh, my philosophy is only if I see them not trying hard if they're not putting forth the effort that's it not not about the result you know after a while you should see results you will see results especially if you're doing positive reinforcement along the way uh, versus negative yeah that i'll never forget basketball back to that i had a, an adult i was a young guy i was in my early 20s uh, going to college and i worked for parks and rec i loved i did the sports thing all the way through too and i coached as well up in through adulthood as well but as a young man i'm coaching these kids doing the positive reinforcement the other side of the court half court outside near a beach uh this man like 40 plus years old is just lighting these kids up just getting into them verbally you know and they're the same age they're like nine ten years old they're young impressionable and i just i i was upset with this guy you know i didn't know what to do but you know here i'm I'm watching one of my kids not put forth the effort. I actually sent him on a lap, but I didn't yell at him. I said, all right, you know what to do. You got to run. It's like, I don't see the effort. Just take yeah. off. I'll tell you when to stop and then we'll get back. I was like, and the other guy's down there yelling. And, and the other thing it does when you do that, your peers are watching. 
you know, if you're a leader and you're berating somebody in front of their peers, that is the absolute worst thing you could ever do. I saw this happen in the corporate world. A friend of mine who I didn't know had this kind of style literally berating and just yelling. And they had a huddle of everybody that worked for him in, in the same spot right there. And he's just, I'm like, dude, take him to the office, close the door and be quiet about it. But if you got to do it, then just, man. So there's all these cool things about leadership that I've learned what not to do. It's, is it just as important to learn what not to do as it is what to do? Do you think, Mike? I actually think it's more important to learn what not to do because the what to do sort of comes naturally to people when they're put in the role. Um, but it's the not to do stuff that no one teaches them. No one, you know, when someone, when someone's brings, when you get hired to a new job, do they say to you, all right, well, you shouldn't do this and don't touch this over here. No, they don't. What they do is they say, all right, well, when you come in, then you're going to want to do this and you're going to want to do this. And then this is where this file is. And that's where that is. That's great. That's all helpful. But it'd also be helpful to know the things I shouldn't touch. Um, maybe who's the wrong person to ask in the accounting department about why a bill didn't get paid. Um, because there are wrong, there's the right person and the wrong person. And I think that the, the, what not to do is just a key because it keeps you out of trouble. That's really the, the main thing is keeps you out of trouble by knowing what not to do. And that's the funny thing is what's that saying? Um, none of us know what we don't know. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's true. I mean, if you don't know something, you, you might not realize you don't know it. And going in with too much cockiness into any role, um, be it a coach, um, be it a, a entrepreneur, someone working in the corporate world, uh, you're, you're going to get spanked for that at some point. Yeah, very, very true. All right. There is one question I love asking. It's one of my favorites, Mike. And no, it's not, it's not the last one. We're not there yet. We're coming to it. <laughs> this is by far and away my favorite uh, topic. And what it is about is it's how one goes about building their business. And it's often the first department that gets cut when cutbacks are made. It's in the marketing department, which blows my mind that they're, get, they're cutting off their own left and right arms when they do that. But the thing is, what I've learned over the years is what used to work, say, 10 years ago, doesn't always necessarily work today, this type of marketing approach. And then even then, what's working now, 10 years from now, may not work at all in 10 years. But what's important is what is working now, not what used to and what might, but what is working now. And I'm always just so curious about this, Mike, for you and your business, because it's different for different people, what works right now. If you were to put hang your hat on just one marketing technique, strategy, approach, whatever you want to call it, that is the best, your go-to, is it referral marketing? Is it cold outreach? Is it telephone call? Whatever it happens to be, if you were to uh, pinpoint the best that's working for you phenomenally well right now, what would you say that is? It's a combination of outreach, cold outreach, and um, content, but storytelling content. So, mm -hmm. you know, you don't just, you know, oh, look, this is 68% of these people failed at this. Uh, you don't do that. You you tell a story about why it fails and, um, you know, maybe find, I actually have a post, it may have already come out this week about um, how working too much will actually be detrimental to you. 
And I use uh, Breaking Bad and Walter White in that one episode where he crawled into the crawl space to get his money and his money was gone. And he just like had this broke down into maniacal laughter. Well, that's because he was stressed out by all the things he was trying, all the balls he was juggling. You know, he's a dad. He's a he's a husband. He's this high school teacher and he's a drug kingpin. Like he's like juggling all these things in the air. And I mean, I can I can only imagine like being that big of a drug kingpin. He, he not only has to worry about the law, but he has to worry about the other criminals killing him. And he just broke down and it's just. You use that as an example and it pulls people in. And then when you, what I find then is if I reach out to somebody via DM, they'll say, oh, you know, that's like that post you wrote. That makes sense. I resonated with that. Um, those are the two things that work the best for me for like my, both my coaching and my technology business. Those things just work the best. Um, other businesses, I mean, they just sort of <laughs> reminds me of my old cousin who said she, she's, long since deceased um she used to be a really good cook and you'd say oh the food's so good you cooked it so well and she'd say oh i do nothing i put it in the oven it cook itself well that's how some of our other businesses are they just sort of run themselves you know we we kind of corral them where they need to go and they just keep going but other the other businesses you have to be really intentional about what you're doing and i've learned over time especially as i've gotten older that telling stories is something we all naturally do. I mean, we've been doing it here during this time that we've been together, you know, and yep. it's how you get people to understand what your message is. So that, that's been a key. It's a, spot on. Storytelling is universally the best way to communicate, yeah. uh, bar none. I mean, speaking from stage, writing in copy on email, writing on a website, because people lean in and they will retain the information far better if it's wrapped around a story than if it's just, a bunch of bullet points on a slide on PowerPoint where it's just a bunch of stats and figures. No, you got to tie it to a story that's meaningful, that evokes emotion of some kind. When it's charged with emotion, then it's supremely powerful. And I think you've got that all nailed down, Mike. Uh, phenomenal. So cold reach and storytelling, that's that's actually refreshing to hear that, you know, because of the storytelling aspect of it. Um, and so thank you for sharing that, by the way. I mean, you didn't have to share that, and you did. And that was testimony to you how you operate how you love to help people so thank you for that um greatly appreciated so we're getting down to that uh bewitching hour you know and i did mention oh, i didn't mention it but it was a uh a, a little tucked away uh ticker rolling on the bottom that i just pulled up again and that is for everyone who watches live who hangs on with us to the end every single show i give away a five night stay at a five-star luxury resort compliments of reacher peak and it is a phenomenal, phenomenal prize. And you don't want to miss that. It's coming up here in just a second. I'm going to show you how you can enter to win. Again, you must be watching live. So if you're listening to this on a podcast, that's not live. If you're watching this on a recorded video, of course, that is not live. You must be watching at the moment we are speaking uh, right now. And then we will uh, consider you for winning. It's a random draw. And we know because... All the entries come in right after the show's over. And um, I cannot wait to see who is the winner of that. If you're not watching this live, how do you do that? How do you know when we're going to go live? You can go to themindbodybusinessshow.com, themindbodybusinessshow.com. And you'll see throughout the page, there are, there are buttons that say where and how to watch. Click on any one of those. It will drop you immediately to an opt-in form. That's going to give you a gift of I think it's a $100 hotel discount card just for opting in. And we're not even gonna sell you anything. We're just going to announce to you automatically 
five minutes before the very next show airs. You're going to get the link. All you have to do is click it, and you can be here with us, communicating, chatting, commenting, asking Mike questions. That would be awesome, too. And uh, that's how you get on here live. So be sure to do that. Go to the mindbodybusinessshow.com. And yeah, we don't we don't pitch or sell things to you up there. We just announced the next live show. So, uh, Mike, before we end the show, though, there's one other thing we're going to do, and that's ask the final question, which All right. is my second favorite. It's, it's probably I think it's tied for my favorite because <laughs> it's a question I had asked for years uh, on occasion. I would ask this question, but the answers I was receiving were so profound and so diverse and so amazing. I decided, you know what? I think I'm going to close every single show out with it because it's that much of a heavy hitting question and answer combo. And I cannot wait to spring that beautiful thing upon you because I know there's every single person that's been on this show has knocked it out of the park. You will be no different. It's a guarantee. I guarantee it. I, I will. Awesome. I'll guarantee it right now. And so uh, nothing to live up to. You don't have to worry about. Um, it's just going to come out naturally knowing who you are, Mike. You're 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 uh, you're just a gifted, warm hearted individual that I'm so I'm so blessed to be able to know you. So before we do that, I am going to now share with everyone how they can win that five night stay at a five star luxury resort. This is not where you get whisked away to the basement and they Put you in a chair and do water drip torture and sell you on a timeshare nothing like that it is a bona fide vacation stay at any hotel or resort of your choosing there are many to choose from you'll see that whenever you win and you get to choose and these are amazing destinations all over the world all over the world so with that who wants to win raise your hand let me know all right i can't see you so i'm just going to give you the information and so when you see this, I'm going to give you a URL that you're going to go to, to enter to win. Don't go there now, write it down. Remember we talked about that at the beginning, please for yourself, because you do not want to miss Mike's answer to the amazing final question. You don't want to miss it. I guarantee you that. So write this down when you see it on the screen. Here we go. We're going to pull it up here in just a moment. There we are. To enter, write this down. RYP stands for reach your peak dot i am forward slash vacation ryp dot i am forward slash vacation and yes i i have not been mentioning this uh, for some time but uh yes uh hint hint wink wink mike even guest experts can enter to win it is a fully randomized draw and so uh, i have had past guest experts actually win it's pretty awesome and uh, <laughs> i love uh, giving this prize away because it just brings a smile on everyone's face so write that down ryp dot i am forward slash vacation the moment we go off the air You'll have plenty of time. Go ahead, head on over there and enter to win. We have people monitoring for the entries and a winner will be chosen by the end of the night. Oh, I can't wait for that. All right, Mike, here we go. We're at the end here, the drum roll. So this last question, there are a couple things about it. Number one, there is no such thing as a wrong answer. It's impossible. It's not a quiz. It's not a test. It's, it's in fact, just the opposite is the truth. And that is the only correct answer will be yours because it's unique to you. That's why I love this question. It is the most amazing question on the planet. And so with all that buildup and hype, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> of course you are. You are Mike Mahoney. You are built to be ready. This is phenomenal. All right, here we go. Mike Mahoney, how do you 
define success. Wow. That's a great question. How do you define success? Well, I think it's um, finding your way to the place in your life that um, you wanted to be at. So uh, what do I mean by that? So, you know, we all have our goals and aspirations. And of course, they change from when you're younger to when you're older. Um, but once you've kind of settled in on what that is, it's just getting yourself there. Uh, and once and once you've done it, I'd say I'd say that you're successful. It's it's whatever in the end, success is whatever makes you happy. Um, it doesn't have to be money or fame or any of that. It's just whatever makes you happy. And as long as you're happy, then I'd call that a success. Mm. And as advertised, an absolutely perfect answer by Mr. Mike Mahoney. They, they're so there's a couple of cool things and we'll, we'll call it a night mike and that is no two people to date have answered that the same way makes sense it's amazing to me the other really cool thing that every single person does have in common is not one of them said that success had something to do with primarily making money not one not a single person and uh i that's why I love having successful entrepreneurs on the show that there's not that scarcity component where that is more in their, you know, purview yeah. and their focus in the beginning. And this is showing what you could achieve, not you, Mike, but you out there, as you get more successful, you're thinking less about the monetary gain and you're thinking more about how you're helping others. I mean, and, and how you're getting to that spot where you're happy. Like you mentioned, Mike, finding your way to be in a place in life, where you want to be at. That made total sense to me. And that's your definition of success. It's not money and fame. Is money involved in there? Probably, but it's not the focus that you you brought out. That's what I, I just absolutely love about that question. It brings out what I call the essence of someone. And every yeah. essence that has come out so far has just been beautiful and perfect. <laughs> and yours is no different, Mike. Thank you so it, much. It makes me brother. think it makes me think, Brian, of like Mother Teresa, you know, not a rich person, but a very successful person. She had her goals. She she accomplished them. She was helping so many people. You know, I think that's what success is really about. I think it's amazing. Mm. Boom. Boom. I love it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's a wrap. This is the amazing Mike Mahoney. He's the creator of the centralized A-team and top tier coaching services yes.com don't forget to visit that site book a call with him and learn from one of the masters in the industry of how to create build and uh scale not just one but now six thriving businesses sounds like a seventh is on the way unless it's a spin-off of another but this is the guy you want to talk to so be sure to go to top tier coaching services I'll get it uh, dot com <laughs> and book that call. And you you can see in here. Look, I've talked to him many times off of the show. He is exactly uh, the way he is now. He's just friendly. He's inviting and he will just be there to help you get the results you're looking for. That's all. If that's what you want, then Mike's your man. And I have a feeling that that's what you want. Thank you for that. <laughs> all right. Yeah. On behalf of the amazing Mike Mahoney. Sorry. On, the, on behalf of the amazing Mike Mahoney. Let me get it right. I am your host, Brian Kelly of the Mind Body Business Show. Cannot wait to see you again on our next episode. 
Until then, please do two things. Number one, go out and continue to crush it and serve more people. And number two, above all else, please, everyone, be blessed. That is it for us. Take care. We'll see you next time. Goodbye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Body Business Show podcast at www.themindbodybusinessshow.com. My name is Brian Kelly.